0: For tuning into the podcast, Kooks here, and I've got a great guest for you this evening. I want to introduce uh, Naomi McKenzie to the podcast. Welcome, Naomi.
1: Hello. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me.
0: How oh, we're thrilled to have you. We're really, really happy to. So, how are you doing these days?
1: I'm great. I'm um, in the middle of working on a solo exhibition, which has um, been a big undertaking. So i'm pretty deep into that now and that'll be in uh august i mean yeah august september so yeah just really focusing on that work at the minute
0: i bet i mean that's that sounds very close too i mean we're we're almost halfway through july so not not knowing the exact lead time you had it that sounds like uh it's probably really front of mind for you
1: yes it came about um about a year ago that local regional gallery um, put out a call to local artists, which was still a radius of 150 kilometres. So that's from... I'm out of Brisbane. So that encompasses all of Brisbane as well. So when they called for local artists, it didn't just mean artists in your town. It's it's a big field. They were... uh, Anyway, I was awarded one of the positions um, and... Which was very exciting, but scary at the same time, because it was the first time since coming back into my field that I'd been confident enough to put myself out there.
0: Wow, that's great. Well, I'm glad that you did, and and I'm glad that uh, somebody else recognized your that recognized your work. So that's yeah. really awesome. But but I want to hear more about that because I can only imagine like trying to decide what to do and how to do it and all that. So it'd be interesting. But first of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where photography fits into your life?
1: Um, Yeah. So I, I've always since a young kid, my first memory, and I always say this was the seed of why I do what I do now is my dad took me to his camera club one night and I was Mm. in my armors and I was maybe seven. And I experienced for the first time a print coming out of magically appearing and wow. that was the most extraordinary thing and it stayed, literally stayed in my blood. I, at high school, begged the, the art teacher to teach me photography and and it was just a tiny school and there was no dark room and the local science teacher he was into doing some photography so he built himself a dark room in a broom cupboard or something at the school (laughs) allowed me access to that and um so I was printing in the dark room you know when, when I was at high school and doing my own film then I went on to do sort of a bridging course after high school, I, I, because I came from such a rural place, I, I didn't have the body of work to get into the big universities that they required at that time. So I enrolled in this two-year bridging course doing sort of visual arts and majoring photojournalism and and photography and that was amazing i'd learned so much there but during that time started working at a photo lab um and then that lab was bought out by fuji and i ended up working for fuji for um uh, quite a period of time like 10 10 years between the lab and fuji and that was in that that was in that period of swapping over to digital Mm. and i um did a lot, you know, with uh, helping implement, you know, those kiosks into, you know, a retail space and things like that and not so much lab work. It became more of that transition over to the digital thing. And wow. I get, I lost interest to be, I, I, I felt like I missed something, not working with film all the time and, you know, I tried the digital um game and while it satisfied one part of my creative mind it didn't satisfy that sort of technical side where i wanted to be producing more more part of my work and so i i stopped taking photos i stopped oh wow uh, and then you know got married had kids I, at this stage i was in working in the press working in the newspaper game Um, which was great and I still got to do a bit of photography but after kids and stuff I felt a little bit lost and I you know I didn't know how to get my groove back and my amazing husband just said one line and he said you are always the happiest when you're working with film and that just turned the light back on and he built me my dark room and uh, so awesome. that's wow. the story. In a
0: nutshell. Yeah. Wow, that's that's great. So so if you don't mind, remind me what your nickname for your husband is. I saw you posted it once. It, it's oh, the like, yeah, yeah, that the <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That, now that that's caddy like a Cadillac or that's oh, caddy like that's you that carry stuff around for
1: you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah classic car guy so a little bit of both awesome. um more in the the photography realm he is just the greatest support to me and he does carry a lot of stuff
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's <laughs> great
1: much format and things like that he um and you know like if i'm on the run I, you know i you know i give grab me a meter off that i will get you know i need a reading off that thing there and he'll be off doing it for me and so he's just amazing support and he he's a cine guy too he's fully into his 16 and 8 millimeter stuff so oh, he wow. understands the game and and yeah we're, we're a pretty good team
0: that's awesome that's awesome so oh, wow. so it, it is cool when someone close to you can see things that you can't exactly see yourself right you know like it like that like he says hey you know you, you were happiest when you're shooting film and it's like it's funny it's it's a great thing to have
1: yeah and it just it it proves we understand each other and and coming out of that you know deep dark parenting time of young kids and you know mine are still pretty young but I couldn't I couldn't teach myself how to swap from that parent mind to the creative mind. And, and that was where I was, you know, digging myself a hole, I guess. And, and he helped me get out of that. And it's been amazing.
0: That's great. That's great. But so, so can we back up just a little bit? I wanted to ask you about your time at the lab. So you said you worked in a lab and then it got bought by Fuji. Was that, was that doing mostly like color or did did you do black and white stuff then or like how how what was that like working there
1: I loved working at the lab um it was most all color would they at that stage would send off their black and white to you know a pro lab or something like that okay um, all, but you know and it was it was the boom of of film you know like we uh, the company was called Rabbit Photo, which um, which originally wasn't b- owned by Fuji, and they bought it out. But and they had shops all over the all over the country, and just all in shopping centres. Um, and you know, I went from I'm not sure the name of the old processing machines and stuff. They were these clunky tractory things, <laughs> um, and. Then, when the frontiers the Fuji frontiers came out and they started putting frontiers into everything it was just you know opened up this whole world of you know uh, processing and how easier it was and then you could do bigger prints and and yeah it was a great time I loved being part of the people like talking to the people coming in um you know obviously you saw a fair bit of junk too but you know you got to know your customers and their style and and, um, yeah,
0: it was a great time. I loved it. That's, that's super cool. When we were younger, we weren't really in my family. I think they had a 110 camera maybe. And it yeah. was the prototypical thing where maybe it got taken out three or four times a year. So it take yeah. a real long time. But, <laughs> but recently, um, I, there's a, a lab not far from me that does color. I, I I'd rather do my own color when I have a pile of it. But if I don't shoot very much, I feel like if I only got two or three rolls, I'm way better off to take it over to them and just have them develop it. And it amazes me, though, that you can go in there and the guy's like, yeah, yeah, it would be 10 minutes, maybe 15. And and it comes out dry and done. And there it is. It's like, holy cow, that machine is like, I mean, it looks like a big box, but man, there's got to be a lot of stuff inside that thing to make that work.
1: Oh, yeah, and I, I actually used to love pulling them apart or when the text came out and, you know, they'd strip it down and you'd see all those cogs in those racks that were making that work. So quite extraordinary, <laughs> but yet one of those cogs go, you've got, like, five people's film jammed in there and then you've got oh. another and so, oh. yeah, you need to make those machines.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I also get to, I think – I forget who it was, maybe it was Bill Manning or something, but I remember listening to a podcast once where they were talking about how, you know, the equipment that we have is destined to eventually fail and cannibalization won't, you know, fix that at a certain point, right? I mean, it might be a ways out there, but, um, and, and then when you actually get a look at one of those things, it's like, well, well I believed him, but now I can see why. And, you know, hearing you talk the same way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just wonder if in time, is it going to when they, you know, stop making these machines, uh, will everyone be forced to be doing their own color? Um, yeah. And I, I, I don't, I don't think it's hard to process your own color. I really enjoy doing my own color. It's been, you know, one of my uh, goals over the last couple of years to do that, and I think I'm getting better every time. So um, while I still want to support labs, it's still, still yeah. nice.
0: Uh, I'm with you 100%, right? You, you do want to support the labs because we do need them like as the group, right? As the community. But at the same time, there's some things that that labs do that aren't all that great either. You know, like same thing. I was talking about this guy he takes the machine out and he's like rubbing his nose and he's h- holding my film with his bare hands and stuff. And I'm like, Bye, you know what I mean? I was just like, shut up, Mike. Don't say anything. It's yeah. fine. You know what I mean? But it's like... Yeah, where when you're doing your own you're like way more anal about it. I mean I don't know that I'll ever do RA four printing, but I have that fantasy of being able to do color darkroom and I would like my negatives to be there if I ever if I could ever get there, right?
1: I did a little when I you know, did that, you know, course, two year course after high school and I remember at the time it feeling like such a big undertaking to do that. So I'm just, I'm not ready to do that myself at home yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you, totally with you. And and I agree with you that that I think that developing color isn't that difficult. Um, for me, it's just that what it takes to get the chemistry at the right temperature and keep it there is is a little more involved than with black and white, but... Uh, which, which, then again, it's myself doing it to myself. Where I'm like, well, if you got to go through this, you may as well save up a bunch and just use the whole kit. But then it turns into a day instead of developing two or three,
2: right? So yeah. it's
0: yeah. it's a uh, self-inflicted maybe to a point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Well, that's really cool. That's a that's a great background. that, that yeah. it's cool to meet someone who actually was working in a lab. That's awesome. Yeah it's
1: just always been there. The The film has always been part of me. So it's not something that I've just sort of stepped into. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and so this exhibition, let's, let's talk about that for a moment. So you, you told us basically how you got into it, but like what, what, what is, what is your obligation there? In other words, like how many like pictures did you have, you have to frame them? Like, yeah. Like what, what do you actually have to do?
1: Yeah. So I, it's free range, really. So I pitched an idea about um, shadows that I'm going through a shadow stage, and uh, that I that I wanted to use my journey of rebirth back into film and back into more, I guess, my creative mind than my parent mind. And I wanted to produce a, bo- a body of work that showed that collaboration of my minds, nice. and that how you know there was a time I thought perhaps my children not them themselves but having children had taken that creative inspiration out of my brain
2: mm. and
1: the realization that no they've actually given it back to me and I started noticing all of these things around my life that you know I, I noticed you know art in my everyday life I guess and this exhibition is about that and I'm that the you've probably seen the flyer that was I put up and it's a picture of a shadow of a shopping trolley Mm -hmm. and and that shadow of the shopping trolley my boys you know they're they're boys and they want to ride it and race (laughs) all of those things and you know these beautiful shadows of them spinning around on this thing and and I'm just there are lots of images like that I guess just everyday life pieces of art in everyday life is what it's about um I'm not so good at explaining it and that's Oh
0: that's a great explanation no yeah. really that makes a lot of sense
1: Yeah so that's so and the amount of work that's it's a reasonably small room it's called the bomb shelter the room to <laughs> be during the war so the galleries converted can condensed milk cannery by Nestle used to own it um, back during the war. And then they've converted it into this amazing gallery. And one of the rooms is called the bomb shelter, which is, you know, quite sturdy, (laughs) dark room. And um, yeah, so I've got, can do whatever I want in that space. So I've, I've, Got about 10 pieces, um, big pieces, so they're about a metre by a metre. Wow. Uh, on average size. Um, and I have printed them on vinyl, which is a, a bit different process than I normally would do, but I want to be able to just put them straight on the wall. Um, oh. framed. I want to to strip it back to the bare <coughs> their essence of the image so a friend of mine owns a, a, a decal business and he has a very high quality printer and he's printed them all on vinyl and put them on this sturdy board so you know it looks like a huge image just sitting on the wall
0: wow so, that's cool
1: yeah, yeah it's a bit different um way to do it than framing it um but yeah I think it'll look good and it'll give the focus just because I want I want people to sort of you know lose themselves in the image almost like and yeah and find that moment that they have experienced those sorts of things one of the images is you know of a a friend of mine, and she's putting up the washing, and the shadows of her and her kid playing put, putting up the washing, and just things like that that are everyday pieces yeah. of
0: beauty. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. might not feel like it when you're actually doing the work, but but if no. you have the ability to to see it and pause for a second, that's yeah, I agree. <clears throat> yes, yeah, so, yeah, and we'll see. <laughs> and and I think you're I think you're right on about the having the vinyl on the wall and not having any barrier and and here's why I say that um, Andre and I was maybe in 21 yeah might have been it wasn't last year I think it was in 21 they had um do you remember Richard Avedon's portraits in the West the American West he had the those eight by ten portraits there there was a gallery in in Beverly Hills that had ten or fifteen of them. And they, they printed a massive. I mean, they were they were like 10, 12 feet tall. Like these things were huge. In fact, they couldn't even be on one strip. They were like two different pieces of, of, I you know, it might have been vinyl too. I mean, I didn't go up there and actually pick at it. I just, what I th- yeah. caught was that this was definitely not a silver gelatin print. It was something, you know, because because there was also, it was two pieces that they had to line up. But wh- where, where that comes in, connects to what you're talking about is, being able to walk right up and look at it is really cool is really yeah. really cool
1: yeah and i've i also got a f- bit a real focus on the um the texture like i've purposely used quite textured subjects and things so the image when you're up close almost looks a little bit tactile like nice um, it's yeah it's hopefully should come together to be something but you know, you never know until you get it all in there and up on the wall and you know, um, at the moment, all sort of leaning up against the wall here.
0: <laughs> I can, I can imagine. I mean, it, 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 making plans and then seeing that, that the plan will work out the way you visualize it is like, yeah, you never really know. I mean, I think you've got the right. Everything you said sounds perfect to me. I mean, I think you got the right idea and and you obviously really know what you're doing so i i hope that when you see it on the wall that you know you're gonna but i i think it will i think you're gonna be happy with it
1: uh-huh. and i'm gonna try and do like a little virtual tour, tour for my you know the for my people that enjoy my work or something
0: yeah
1: so people can also experience that aren't here yeah
0: oh i'll be the first in line for that i'm, I'm yeah. definitely looking forward to seeing that yeah Awesome. Awesome. Well, I wish you the best. I hope that, uh, that that comes out the way you like and, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, that it'll be worth the effort and the work that you put into it. I hope so. (laughs) So, so, uh, the other thing that we were going to talk about is, uh, you know, my, I sent in a a, a solo, uh, segment about gas the other day and it just so happened. I think actually I've been thinking about that for months actually. And I even said the whole thing out loud or took stabs at it like when I was in my hotel room on the road by myself I was like well no one's gonna think I'm crazy but then it was funny so I'm thinking about this and then you just gotta do you had you must have had some gas because I I don't (laughs) think you would just go buy buy something (laughs) like this on your own so tell us about your new the new camera in your arsenal
1: yes so a new team member is the Pentax six seven six five seven um a little bit of gas, I guess, but it was more to do with the gap in my formats.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I don't use a lot of cameras. Like I tend to be very committed to my team, and um, I like to know them intimately. So I I have a small group. Like I've got plenty of other cameras here, but I my working team is quite small. But so which I've got my. Third child, I call it the Hasselblad 500cm, which is a camera that I had lusted over the whole of my life, and and only have you know two years ago, you know, said right, that's time. Well, my husband actually surprised me for my birthday with it, wow. which was amazing. Um, so while I love the six by six, I'd always been yearning for that six by seven. Um, 6 by 7 format, you know, just to have a big version of the 35mm. Yeah. Because once you start stepping away from that 35mm neg and you sort of get sucked into the bigger size negs and the clarity, it's like it's hard to go back. (laughs) It's it's the funny thing I'm working with. (laughs)
0: I completely understand what you're saying too. I find myself thinking and saying the same things. And then I also catch myself. I'm like, you know, if I heard myself saying this, like, you know, six or seven years ago when I was just starting to get into this and, you know, my bell curve, I was definitely at the bottom of it looking up. I would have gone, what a pretentious a-hole, you know, but like, <laughs> but, but it's not because it's the truth. It's how, you know I mean? The, 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 the bigger, the negative, it, you know, it's not always a bigger is better, but there are definite benefits to having a larger negative for sure. Yeah. And so, so-
1: And I wanted something that um, I could shoot like a 35mm, just, you know, Mm. be firing shots off if I needed to. And my dear friend Terence Love, I'm not sure if you guys know Terence from on Instagram, who over the years we've become great friends, and he's got me sort of hooked on to the 220 stuff. Oh, Shoot, you know 20 you know shoot 20 shots like obviously we can't get 220, but I've found a little bit of a stash and he's got a bit of a stash and nice so the ability to shoot um, that amount of shots on the bigger format always appealed to me um so yeah like well i'm we're still courting me in the uh 6x seven <laughs> <We're, laughs> Where we now get to know each other phase, and look, that it's got a 105 um, 2.4 Tukuma on it, which you know is pretty uh, famous lens, I guess. Yeah, and it is so beautiful. It's just especially for portraits, it's just really gorgeous. So, yeah, I, I am loving it. The um, my wrist, my wrist is doing some workout with it, it's so pretty. <laughs> but
0: yeah that's awesome that- the, the people I know that have those cameras really love them and uh yep. and and the work they put out is so I I don't have the the formats I have is six by six I have a six four five magazine for my Hasselblad I have the same Hasselblad as you yep. um and that but then I have a Fuji six by nine so I can do the the, the GW 690 but but you still end up either cropping the paper or cropping the negative if you're on 11 by 14 or 8 by 10. So 6 by 7 is almost the perfect aspect ratio for the, the paper that we have, right? I mean, um, so. I
1: can enlarge or I can print that. So I've just got a pretty, I've got a LPL um, uh, 7700 and I can do the 6-7. So at this stage. Nice. Until I can uh, get someone to, I've got a bit of da- uh, dark room or enlarger gas going on, like, <laughs> you know, so I can do the large format. because so, at the minute, I can't print anything large format. So
0: anyway, See, yeah. Well, I'm right there with you because that's what's kept me away from buying a large format camera. I mean, I've I would love to shoot four by five, but I I I don't have any way to scan it cause I DSLR scan. So, I mean, or, or you'd have to take a thousand shots of it and stitch them all together. And I don't, I don't know how to do that. Um, and then, you know, a contact print is not terrible, but a four by five contact print is pretty small too, you know? So, so partly I feel like if I'm going to shoot four by five, I I want to be able to enlarge it. So I feel like for me, the, the chicken or the egg that the enlarger is first and the camera can come along later. (laughs) But that's yeah, just, its its stout. There, this not cheap to get to get a, a four by five and larger.
1: No. <laughs> so I'm a bit off on doing that. But and I—I I stumbled across my large format. It wasn't something I was in the market for, looking for. But the universe placed it in front of me, and I'm—who am I to say no to that? <laughs>
0: exactly how could you you only regret that once and that would be continuously <laughs> oh that's so cool that's
1: in the large format world well, very quickly but i love it now that i'm doing it i I really enjoy it
0: that's cool and do you have you ever thought about getting the, that lomo graph lock thing and doing some instant uh, photography with it
1: yes i've got one so oh, you do I, yeah i have one here and i haven't done much with it um I just i i got a, a couple of months back, and so I'm trying not to. I'm trying to limit myself what I get uh, deep into while I'm still working on the exhibition. Yeah. So um, otherwise, I can just I lose myself and I go in all sorts of tangents, going oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and and so I'm I'm really focusing on controlling <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs>
0: this this is a good move. It's a good move. Yeah keep your priorities where they where they belong cuz that exhibition's it's coming up right it's going to be here yeah. before you know it
1: yeah that's right so much on and uh, we have a holiday in the between now and uh, when it's due we before I knew I was doing the exhibition had booked this holiday so we're going up to the great barrier reef in the middle of it and then I get back oh, and wow. like, up in 3 days later so Oof. i have to have it before i go so
0: wow yeah Definitely. Yeah. That's a, that's a hard, that's a hard deadline there. <laughs> um,
1: it's actually a lot closer than I think. So anyway, I'm yeah. feeling good.
0: That's great. That's really yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, well, cool. Cool. And so, uh, so yeah, that's what, what, one of the things I want, I want to, I think how you and I and, well, I'm not sure how you and I ended up finding each other on Instagram, but I I noticed that one of the first things I read that really stood out to me about your work was, or that really grabbed my attention was uh, a seaside picture on Lomo Turquoise that you had posted, and it was gorgeous. It was so pretty. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was going to ask you how do you, how do you how did you scan that? Well, like, what's what's your scanning setup?
1: So I have a Epson V850 Pro.
0: Um, okay.
1: And so I just – I have got the standard um, uh, masks that come with there, but, you know, like everyone with that scanner, has terrible problems with those. Um, So – but, yeah, so I just scan on there. I use Silverfast as my um, program. And with scanning the LOMO – I haven't got my notes here and I can't even tell you what I put it on to do that. Um, But for a start, it was just trial and error. Um, So I would just scan it on. I think there's a setting for other and and I would just tweak it. So it does scan it surprisingly well, as you also know now. But it's a great film. I love that film. It's my favourite of all colour shift films. Yeah. i especially love it in that seaside setting it yeah. does some amazing things um yeah don't use it on people
0: <laughs> uh, n- n- no i don't think so no, I, I, although i might you know my buddy mario piper he might think differently could be because his his profile picture on instagram is is in lomo turquoise so he's looking yeah. a little greeny a little turquoisey so he must like it
1: <laughs> yeah it does do weird things doesn't it, to, and I, like there's a there's an element of randomness to it, even with with just what it change, shifts on. Like sometimes you'll think, oh yes, yeah, so my my water is going to go that turquoise colour, but it it doesn't always, and it picks up these funny flecks sometimes that um, which just fascinate me. What it does,
2: yeah,
0: it and is. I
1: love that rusty, rusty colour that that
0: you know the sky goes it's beautiful absolutely absolutely yeah well my personal scanning setup is is dslr scanning and then i use negative lab pro Um, and it's been a long a long hard uh, journey for me with color with black and white it's really really simple but with color is it's it's been a bugbear and and color is one thing but then I tried I was like oh you know what this this Cinestill red rum stuff this is great I can't wait you know and and when that first stuff first showed up um in 120 right there there was some people posting some pictures that were absolutely gorgeous and boy I've never gotten anywhere near it and, and it was funny cuz my, my buddy Mario Piper from the um the generation or Gen X photography podcast he 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 loves those kind of crazy films, right? The the purple, the metropolis, the turquoise and and red scale. And so I wrote him, I was like, Mario, how do you scan this stuff? And he's like, Oh, I just have a lab do it for that <laughs> stuff. I do my normal stuff, but I have a lab do it. I was like, Oh, okay. Um, but then I had I shot some red scale in Joshua Tree and I had a lab do it and it didn't look that better. <laughs> so I don't know. Now I'm trying to knock him or anything, but I'm just like, that one's That's tough.
1: I like I like the challenge of doing that and I have got some okay stuff back from um, labs from those colors but I i just I do love the challenge of getting it right myself
0: <laughs> oh me too so much so much well that's cool I I just wanted to make sure that if that the audience if you guys haven't seen her work especially the, the turquoise stuff you definitely got to check it out so we'll have her now, handle what's always now what's I
1: that? Want to do a- want to put a roll of turquoise in the six
0: six by seven now oh you absolutely should absolutely should um actually you know what i've only shot two rolls of turquoise both in 120 and they've both been six by nine one was in my pinhole six by nine and one was in the fuji so go big or go home
1: (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) so so uh but cool, But and then, so yeah, Then and then the other thing I've been really looking forward to talking to you about is darkroom printing, because um, in our conversations on, or, you know, messages back and forth on Instagram, it seems like you and I have that in common, and um, yeah, so, and it seems like both of us end up getting a little emotional in, in the darkroom, depending at the time, so tell us a little bit about that from your point of view. Um,
1: about the emotional side of the darkroom? yeah. Yeah, um, like I know we've talked about this and we probably have different angles which we come at from that. I, I find that space, um, I have a very busy life, as most of us do, and little kids, and that space of uh, darkness and quiet, um, I really enjoy that. But then you throw in some music and um you know, these images appearing from the dark, it just it does become an extremely emotional place. And you know, in some ways it's maybe my therapist, <laughs> I'm not sure, but like <laughs> I can any weight that is upon me, I can release that into my work. And I always work walk out feeling better from that because I've processed something in my mind as well as physically with some work. Um And I guess there's an element of it too that, you know, I suffer a fair bit from self-doubt. And when I produce something that I didn't think I would be able to do or I had doubted myself about, that that makes me really, uh, I guess, proud and emotional that I actually have achieved that. So, um, yeah. A special place like it's um, I guess it's hard for someone to understand unless they've been spent time in there but yeah it's it's a great great place to be hang out drink I, wine
0: <laughs> I yeah I did like that one picture you put one for me and three for the film right so <laughs> so for a visual for the for the listeners she had a wine glass and then three beakers of chemicals so and all lined up <laughs> I'm sure you didn't get a mixed up which one to drink. So,
1: <laughs> very particular about my red wands.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I'm with you though. It is it is nice to be in. I don't know that I would call my dark room zen or anything because it's it's in a bathroom you know? And, and so it's not as if you actually go in there and stay in there. Like, you know, some places, if you go to a public dark room or something and it's a room and you walk in there and that's what you're in it. Right. For me, it's like, it's part of where I live. And so it's, yeah, it's not really isolated. Um, but in that dark area and having a little bit of music going, um, sometimes I try to listen to podcasts, but if, if you have complicated dodging and burning, I, I can't, I can't do that I sometimes like I, you know especially if you ever split grade print and if you're doing dodging and burning off them or whatever and uh so
1: but yeah you yeah. concentrate in there if you're doing a complicated print there there's a lot of work that goes into that
0: yeah absolutely but it is cool when you get the rhythm down right oh, when, yeah. when you do it and and it's like okay they get this and that and you know it's just yeah it just rolls um but but i think one of the other things too if it's if if the image is something that's really important to you i I think that this is probably a really bad analogy to make but you know that in the military snipers right they they get intimate with the people they're trying to shoot right because they're studying them for a while right and waiting for the right time um And it's not like we're trying to shoot anybody, but you're looking at this image so often, right? From making your test strips and focusing it on the easel, putting it in the developer, you know, watching the image come up and then everything you do, you're looking at this. And and even in those, what, two, three minutes of development and your minute of stop and your minute of fix or whatever that can be a long time. I mean, your brain can work, it can go pretty far distances in that amount of time. And for me, at least, you know, depending on what the image is, if it's someone I care about or something that represents a, um, a time, you know what I mean? Uh, or something like that. It's, and especially then if the right music comes on too, that can be like a double punch right there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. is the killer. And for some reason, you know, just that moment when this meaningful image appears, this heavy song or, you know, the perfect song on. And it's like, it's a dance between the two. And it is magical in there.
0: (laughs) It really is. But then there's plenty of times too where I'm like, well, I'm glad that no one else is around here. So I don't know. Then no one's going to ask me, are you crying? No, no, I'm not crying. You're crying. I'm not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I totally you know that it's yeah it is an interesting place to be uh be a part of
0: yeah Yeah, it really is and and especially when you walk away with something like you said because i've had prints too where i've thought like i have no idea how i'm going to print this like i'm like scanning it was a sucker you know what i mean i just trying to get it on my computer i'm like how am i supposed to do that (laughs) with this but then when you can pull it off yeah you're it is it feels really good feels good
1: and i i love the process of being able to conceive an idea shoot it print it and you know ideally one day i would be able to frame it as well and you know have that complete process from start to finish where you are fully part of your artwork the whole way i love that
0: me too it's it is fulfilling framing sometimes drives me crazy but uh it's cutting the window mat and not having overcuts This, this is the stuff that drives me nuts but um but i love it i love it and you know and actually i'm starting to think about maybe buying what i need to buy sticks and make my own frames you know or yeah. cuz i think you can buy like the profiles already painted and so really yeah. all you you need is like a miter saw and then like the fixture to hold the two pieces together and drive those little angle pieces into it but yeah. um, but uh but yeah so that's that's getting close to really really owning your process right but um yeah. but uh that's one cool it,
2: it's one, a bit old <laughs> I
0: can. Hey, hey! You got your husband. The guy sounds pretty handy yep. and pretty willing. So, yeah, uh...
1: yeah, yep. he'll do. He will do a lot. <laughs> he can be the framer as
0: well. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And, and you know, it is funny though. I I actually need to do some analysis on whether ordering like your window mats pre-cut is actually cheaper, even without time, because you know you only can get when mats like in thirty by 40 or 32 by 40 I forget what it is and so there's only so much you can get out of it and if you're like me and you're kind of you have square and 11 by 14 and like uh all kinds of different sizes like I don't know I uh, anyhow I don't mean to go on and on about that but like and maybe it's also rationalization that yeah maybe I should farm that part out (laughs) make it a lot easier yes (laughs) so
1: yeah Oh, that's great.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, hey. This has been a great conversation, Naomi. Thank you so much for coming, coming
1: well, out. For having me on, Mike. I've really loved it. And I, you know, I love being part listening to what you guys do on negative positives. And um, I think us all supporting each other as photographers and artists is the greatest thing we can do.
0: I fully agree with you. It is <laughs> and and that's the one thing I love is that it, it, building everyone up is not tearing anybody down. You know That's what I mean? Right. Like it's, it is isn't a contest. It's every, you know, everybody can be positive and it's good for everybody. So I, yeah, I just, I love it. I love it. Well, right. so, so, you know, the thing I was supposed to tell you was the, to the, the, uh, way to finish. And I completely forgot to tell you that. So what a knucklehead. Gutterman's going to kill me. You know, the, you know, the ending line everyone does, Right um stay yes. positive and shoot some film yes shoot some <laughs> cool film photos so so yep yep sorry audience sorry gutterman i was supposed to prep naomi and All i right. did it so I, I hung her out to dry so <laughs> i'm a bad host so <laughs> that
1: was half dave's line i think there that i did half yours half
0: his <laughs> there it is perfect yeah. well thank you naomi and uh for everyone we'll have her um instagram handle in the show notes and uh Go check her out. So until next time, take care. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Negative Positives Podcast. I'm Mike Kukavica, otherwise known as Kooks, And you can see me on Instagram at The Drunk Darkroom. You can email this program at negpositives at gmail.com that's negpositives positives at gmail.com you can join our Facebook group at the negative positives film photo podcast Facebook group we also have an instagram account under the account name negative positives if you submit photos to Instagram think about using the hashtag negative positives you can support this podcast on coffee at ko fi com slash negative positives